Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we continue along. I've had this realization that a series that I thought was going to be lighthearted about travel recommendations and stories has turned into a little bit of a philosophical affair about life, time, history, what we can learn from tradition. It sort of has gone in a direction that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Uh, Although leave it to me to make something, to try to find the meaning or the importance in something. I don't do it consciously, but I guess my whole life, I've really been intent on understanding the importance of time, of the time we have, of the fact that it it's limited and that it also the feeling the perception of time definitely changes depending on where you are and how you're spending it and it's an interesting thing we all sort of understand that right if you're waiting at a doctor's office it can feel like forever if you're um you know anticipating christmas day it can't come soon enough but when you're in the moment of a fun experience it feels like it just flies by and They say, you know, the days are long, but the years are, well, short. (laughs) And, well, as I said, I I suppose I wasn't anticipating the direction that we went down. So let's see if what this episode brings, and I will do my best to bring in travel stories. But I suppose that's just kind of who I am. You know, I, um, the friend of mine that asked me to, talk about travel and my travels was interested in stories and I mean he's hilarious but I've realized that my style I guess isn't all that hilarious and hopefully you know I've also listened to some podcasts where the person is really fixated on themselves and I think I I shy away from that and so when it's talking about my stories I'm always looking for okay but what's it to you, right? I mean, you're listening and yes, there's absolutely value in a story and an engaging story. And that's why people watch movies and consume media and are interested in books, <laughs> you know, is there's there's power and value in someone's authentic life story. And that's why I've done some interviews on other podcasts where I talk about me, but I always sort of, I think about, okay, first of all, what who who am I to tell you anything, you know? Or what is it about my story that's compelling that you can then go on and utilize for yourself? Like, where's the value, you know? And maybe it's from being a consumer. Maybe it's the North American flair of optimizing and maximizing time, productivity. Why am I listening to this? What's the point? Get to the point. You know, I think it's a tendency of mine and perhaps North American culture of what's the point? Get to the point. Um, And yeah, it's always been my style. If I reflect on how I write, how I've always written, I would get bored writing descriptive creative stories in school because I just thought, oh, like, I don't want to wax and wane about the description. I just want to get to the meat of what happened and why and who and explain the people. Sure, you know, who are the characters at play, but I never wanted to go into deep description. And which is funny because I have such a reverence for let's say looking out my window right now and seeing, you know, the trees swaying, there's a pear tree, there are these beautiful white flowers, a nice, huge evergreen tree that's been here for decades, if not, yeah, I mean, at least decades. 
it's like I have a reverence for nature, beauty, the physical appearance of things. I'm just not one to describe it either in written or visual format or written or auditory format. I'm not, I'm not one to talk about and paint a picture and create a scene. And yeah, it's just not, never been my, uh, I guess my focus. It's always been about the who it's always been about the people. It's always been about the relationships, how people think, why they do what they do. That's just always been my fascination. Uh, there's a future episode coming up that I'm so thrilled to announce with, Robert Greene, who is just a brilliant author, and he's someone whose books I started reading at, you know, 15, 16, um, and I was just enthralled by his descriptions of power, seduction, human nature, what, how people think, what they're motivated by, the the malicious intent potentially or evil and good of power and human nature and really understanding both the good and shadow parts of myself. And that's just, that's always fascinated me. So maybe it's my own fascinations. Uh, funnily enough, we head to Switzerland today where we're going to speak about, well, my experience is there and what you can expect if you travel there. And of course, the shadow and Carl Jung's work is uh, certainly one of the notable features of Switzerland, at least to me or anyone that's interested in psychology will do a visit, um, my mother included, who has done multiple visits to Switzerland purely for the sake of Jung's work, visiting his home in Zurich. Uh, and, you know, I can't say that I ever would have plotted on a map and said, yeah, I have to go to Switzerland. It just wasn't on my radar, really, uh, oddly enough, because I mean, it's close to Italy and Croatia, two countries that I adore. And so, I mean, it borders on Italy. Why would I have never thought of it? I guess I didn't grow up much of a skier. And so if you don't ski much, the, the huge tourist draw to Switzerland is usually hiking the Alps. Of course, they have beautiful lakes as well, and little towns, churches, and this huge storied history alongside, of course, Jung and other notable people that have lived in and worked there, Einstein and Bern. So, you know, there's just a huge history there. It's steeped in history. Anywhere you go, I think Switzerland, you can just turn one way and the other and see historical monuments and places of note with, it's remarkable and you feel it. You really do. So, I mean, if you go, obviously, well, probably you'll land in Zurich and you're just, you feel like you're in another century almost. If you're coming from uh, North America, you've got this old town that is, again, just dripping with history, whether it's um, the Kunsthaus Museum, there's an opera house near the the lake. It's all very walkable and or the tram. So of course, Europe loves its trains and public transportation. And so Zurich is no different. And that old town, you can absolutely get around by foot. Bicycle is also fun if you rent a bicycle. So while living in Zurich myself um, for some months in 2020, it was like height of pandemic, actually. What a story. So I was 
dating my now husband. And so I was flying back and forth from Canada and it felt like musical chairs. And then the music stopped, you know, like this, the pandemic started and there were all these warnings and no one knew how governments were responding and different countries had their own rollout of measures. And so, you know, we sat there and we said, okay, well, I don't want to get stuck kind of without you. I really am enjoying getting to know you. I want to be with you. And so all right, I guess I'll stick around uh, here. You know, it just kind of felt like, well, I suppose I should probably reverse, just rewind a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. So that I was in Zurich with him for some months and I'll go there. But let's say my first interaction with Switzerland, it was actually um, a dear friend of mine, Emma. We had been in uh, Indonesia. We were in Bali. I met Emma in Argentina. Perhaps that's a story for another time. But we were in Bali and she had been on a silent meditation retreat with another woman named Liliana. And so we met and initially she didn't take much of a liking to me, if I'm honest. Wasn't entirely sure why, but she told me that very uh, bluntly and openly, which is definitely of her character, just straight to the point. And, uh, you know, we shared a hotel room that night. Emma had actually left. And so I knew her for all of 24 hours and, um, yeah. And then as luck would have it, she was really not feeling well. And so I had to, you know, go up and, and help her out and it was kind of a dire situation. And so good thing, you know, that she hadn't been alone, but I think that experience bonded us of me caring for her in her moment there of need where she wasn't feeling well and so all right fine right we part ways lovely person good to meet you off we go and um so that was in 2018 I want to say and so 2019 I had my car accident I really wasn't going anywhere I was rehabilitating all of 2019 pretty much and um she invited me to her wedding me and, and Emma and so, all right, you know, lovely. So I deliberated that invitation strongly because I really hadn't traveled since the accident. I was unsure of whether or not I could handle such a big trip. Um, and Emma said, you know, would you like to go? And I remember sitting there with my uh, physical therapist actually saying, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm on the fence. Should I go? And she goes, you know what? If you feel like you can handle it and you feel called to go, do it. And I thought, why not? You know, really, why not? I've been out of commission for a good solid seven months. Maybe I can, I can try. Uh, so off we go. We start in Portugal. We're in the Algarve, which is the south of Portugal. And we had some beautiful days on the beach in Faro and um, Lagos, which were just, it's a stunning place. That's a whole other episode of, you know, all of Portugal really is just worthwhile, magical forests, hills, seaside. Lisbon is a, a dream in and of itself and kind of this, again, transportation to another world and era somehow. So, I mean, if Portugal's on your list, I would highly recommend it. The culture, just the affordability, down-to-earth nature of people, friendly. Um, and you've got Porto up north, which is also stunning. There's a book restaurant there I really loved. I did a port tasting. This was... Back in the day before I stopped uh, drinking. 
but uh yeah so i mean portugal magical place south of portugal always had wanted to go and there i am in the algarve just living it up absolutely enthralled by the magical beaches and people um yeah it was it was stunning there's albufeira as well and alentejo just wow you know <laughs> a beautiful beach vacation and if you're into portuguese culture in any to any extent uh, worthwhile. I did a lovely yoga retreat uh, just east of Porto, so in the north, uh, and that was also another stunning experience to perhaps talk about another day, uh, but such a lovely family from England that runs these retreats, and I think I've mentioned them in previous episodes, but like magic, magic in the in the hills of the Portuguese, you know, countryside. It's just it's something out of a dream. So if you're looking for a yoga retreat, they're definitely for you. If you happen to be in Portugal and want to, to have an experience like that in the mountains or hills. Uh, but anyhow, so there we are in the Algarve and it's stunning. And then we head off to Switzerland for the weekend for this wedding. And, you know, I mean, I've known this girl for all of 48 hours <laughs> and we hadn't really talked much since the wedding. And, and here I am showing, or sorry, since we met in Bali and here I am showing up to her wedding. And I just, it was all kind of out of a dream, really. I mean, who am I to go to this person's wedding? What, what, you know, I was excited about it, but how's it going to be? I don't know anyone other than Emma and her for all of two days. So here we go. Right. And so we show up, um, she set us, it's, it's this tiny town. We, we land in Zurich. We take a train for an hour with our bags. No idea kind of where we're headed. Emma has this address. We're going to stay at one of their friends' homes. They, you know, she had arranged that we could stay with her friend. Uh, didn't know him or his family show up at this train station of a tiny, tiny town. You know, now I it's 10,000 inhabitants. I've spent a decent amount of time there, but you know, I didn't know it from any other Swiss town really. Uh, and so we show up, we walk out. I remember going to, um, to grab some gifts for this family that was hosting us and we grabbed some wine and some cheeses and what else chocolate for sure from, you know, the store there on the corner and picked up some cash to give as a wedding gift. And then, you know, started our walk to this guy's house and kind of meandering up this hill and weren't really sure there was a house but you had to walk past it into the house behind it it was all sort of just this <laughs> out of a book kind of adventure of where am I going and where am I staying and what am I doing here um, and so we arrive and this family is just I can't say enough about how amazing um, how absolutely amazing welcoming and lovely um, you know, Spice and his family are, they're just, he's a one of a kind person and so friendly and open, really dedicates himself to community service in the, in the area with kids in a, a scouting camp. And is just somebody that I, uh, I just look at with reverence, uh, for his dedication to his local community, to fostering the children and teens. And there's just, the fostering of their skill set and nature relationship. He's he's one of a kind. Um and his generosity and his commitment to his community. And I didn't know that at the time, of course, and now I've come to know that. But in the moment he's just this tall guy, long hair. Actually, no, what am I saying? He picked us up from oh yeah, he picked us up from the train station. Yeah, no, we we so we took one train, but then he picked us up from the train station. 
um, in St. Gallen, which is a another kind of bigger than Goldach, smaller than Zurich kind of town. And not, I don't know if that means anything to you. Zurich has about 800,000 people. So we're talking like a smaller, you know, GTA town in Toronto. Um, it's certainly not a 3 million person city or 8 million person suburb. Like you're dealing with, you know, not a lot of skyscrapers. You feel like you're in another time. Smaller buildings, of course, they're all the modern conveniences you could want. There's an Ikea, <laughs> but uh, you're, it's just the, the architecture is not as confronting, really. It's like more subdued. Although if you look into the details, the history there, that's where the magic happens in Zurich and in all of Switzerland, right? It's not these towering skyscrapers that take over the the landscape. It's more reserved, subtle buildings that leave a lot to be to be explored under the surface. So Anyhow, we make it there and such a lovely, welcoming family. We go to bed. Tomorrow's the wedding. All right. So, of course, after some lovely discussion, food, and amazing stories from Spice's father, Robert, who is a legend in and of his, himself, such a such an animated person, full of life, excitement, exuberance, just love. He, he, such a welcoming person. Uh, and so, okay, off to bed. Tomorrow's the wedding. And so here we are in the morning and all right, it's time for this wedding. Where are we going? Well, it's at a buffalo farm. Okay, did not pack my boots. It was rainy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had a dress and we're going to a buffalo farm. So I suppose I didn't dress entirely for the occasion. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, I get ready and we go down. They had prepared this gorgeous breakfast spread um and our ride was coming to pick us up at 11 to go to the event so lovely um i really felt cared for it was a, it was a nice like i didn't have to organize anything and it's rare these days that i feel like and it was just such a nice experience i didn't have to worry about a thing so the clock strikes 11 kind of feels like cinderella although 11 a.m and i just I hear the church bells, right? Ringing. And I just hear this car zooming down the hill into the driveway. I look out, it's this guy in a black Mustang. I look out the bathroom window and I think, all right, I got to get, I'm, I'm late. I better go. So I remember I put on some lipstick, checked out my hair and down the stairs I go, because of course, you know, you've got to be punctual in Switzerland. So um, the clock finish, you know, the church clock finishes ringing and I walk down the stairs and at the bottom of the stairs is this guy. And I kind of look at him and I think to myself, well, isn't he handsome? He's cute. <laughs> and, and I go downstairs and we start having a discussion as a group and, you know, he's handsome, but I, I can't say it's like this flash of, of insight. It's just, he's handsome and interesting. We head into the car, we go to the wedding, we drive there, I sit in the front seat and we're talking about school, work, life, interests. Again, I think, yeah, he's an interesting guy. This is great. And we head into the wedding. I don't see him again the whole day. I mean, like he's on his own with his friends. I'm over here with all these other people. I see him from afar. It's like, okay, there were a bunch of other really handsome gentlemen there too. Um, uh, 
and you know, we just, so we're playing games where there's this tug of war. Anyway, I'm going into details, but there's this, like, we play this tug of war game. The bride gets captured and the husband has to go through a series of trials to get her back. Um, it was just, it was a wedding out of a, a novel. It was such a fairy tale wedding that I don't think could ever be replicated. The love, the unique components, whether it was acapella singing group of her friends or this kind of <laughs> Hunger Games style uh, challenge, you know, tug of war and running through hoops of fire. It was just, uh, you know, the most unique wedding I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and then as the night was wrapping up, it's getting dark, you know, there's um, this bridal capture and uh we're standing around this bonfire and i'm freezing i mean i'm cold i just have this dress on and who shows up by my side but this swiss gentleman who had not said a word to me the whole time uh and he goes would you like my coat of course right so I, yeah, sure. And and there I am with his coat and we spoke, you know, the rest of the evening, we were both not drinking. And of course it's a wedding. So everyone else pretty, pretty much was. And so there we were on these picnic tables chatting the night away, uh, all the way into the sunrise and hours of the morning overlooking the Lake of Constance. And it was just a great conversation, but you know, okay. The next day I had, I had a day I had the day after the wedding and we were flying the following day. So I had all of like, let's say 24 hours left before, you know, heading off to Croatia to see my family. So a good conversation, but well, what else is there? Um, happened, we went, so we all ended up going swimming and we went to the brunch. So there was a brunch after the wedding the next day. If some people had camped out there in the Buffalo farm, um, including the bride and groom. And that was a magical uh, experience. Although we didn't camp, we went back to the house. Um, well, I mean, we didn't sleep. <laughs> so there was that. Uh, but then we, uh, so then we go and we go to this brunch, help to pack up the camp, wash dishes, all of that. And then we headed to go swimming in the afternoon. Emma, my now husband and, um, Oh yeah. Just the three of us. So we head out to go swimming. He shows us a swimming spot. We go, it's lovely in the Lake of Constance and there we are. And I'm having a great time and I'm, you know, I, but I'm just, I'm not really expecting all of, I mean, much because what is there to expect with this weekend trip? Right. And so off we go, we go to dinner at Spice's house, such lovely parents. It was actually Robert, the the Lion King, as we call him affectionately, he's he's known as. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was his birthday party. So there we are. We're at this. He has this dinner, and friends are there, and what an event! <laughs> Just a lovely, low key, but such a nice barbecue in the backyard. I think there's there's a real culture of barbecue or grilling uh, that I didn't really know about, but it's definitely there. And um, there is this mystery handsome man who decides to come and, and join us and so here we are and i and i think to myself okay what are we doing here like now we we had these you know whatever 24 hours of discussion and connection but again 
off I go, right? I'm heading out tomorrow. Um, so I said, you know, you should, he was planning a trip to Sweden because he had always wanted to go. And I said, you know, you should really drive south. And he goes, what? I said, you should really drive south to Croatia. I mean, why would you drive north in the summer? You should really go to the coast. And uh, that idea took hold possibly because of my repetition of it, but also his interest. And uh, long story short, he came to Croatia. We drove up the coast of Croatia and the just the stunning Adriatic there, went back to Switzerland. And um, well, here we are married, uh, married for a few years with a dog. So anyhow, <laughs> that's like a story in a couple minutes, but Okay, so Switzerland, a lovely culture, warm people. And something to note is that if you're not in the in-group, it is challenging. So while we were living in Zurich, um, we rented a place. Yes, it was during COVID. And so people, everyone had their own policies around what was acceptable and not, right? But I would say I've never felt so isolated in my entire life. And so again, partially circumstance, partially culture and the customs. I mean, I don't speak Swiss German, so that has a layer to it. I certainly, you know, don't pass as a local, which has something to do. Um, and I'll say, I really, I really did try to some degree, like I joined an accelerator based in Zurich in the startup scene. I really wanted to get integrated with some people that lived there that went virtual, you know, there's some circumstantial elements, um, but it was probably, as I said, one of the most isolating, difficult times of my life socially. I have had a really tough time and never truly felt like I was integrated. Of course, um, Fab's friends and Liliana's friends. And of course, they were all kind, um, but I never really felt like I fit in or it, I, it sunk in for me. Now, if we're talking like go and be a tourist, I think Switzerland is absolutely a place to go. Again, if you're a skier, if you like lakes, nature, little towns, great baked goods, fondue, cheese, schnitzel, um, it's absolutely the spot for you. It is, in my opinion, there's no better skiing in the world, although I'm not a professional skier by any means. So, um, but I think the reputation speaks for itself and it's certainly just magnificent, if you go to any of the ski towns and stay in a chalet, I mean, most of the ski lodges in North America, I would posit, are modeled after Swiss ski towns. So they've absolutely set the culture and the standard for skiing. Um, the Alps are just majestic. Uh, you know, the Matterhorn, Zermatt is worthwhile to go and see all of the peaks that are surrounding. Of course, France and Italy have some of the Alps. So you border onto, you can like ski, head to the top of a mountain, go to the other side and be in Italy. There's a huge kind of mountain culture. Um, Reto Romanish is the language of the mountain population in Switzerland. And it is one of the official languages as well as Italian, French, and German. So it's this interesting mixing place of these cultures of bordering countries, but then it's unique on its own because of their value of independence and sovereignty. And so it's kind of, you have Italian, French, German culture, and these mountaineers, if you will, that um, could survive very difficult mountain conditions and had, you know, animals up the mountains, goats, cattle, 
huge farming culture there. Again, cattle, cheese, of course, is everyone knows Swiss cheese, although don't be fooled. Emmentaler is just one of them. You have to try um, Appenzeller along with maybe a Gruyere. So um, don't be fooled. There's not just one Swiss cheese. You have to try many more. So if you like cheese, Switzerland's for you. It is known for chocolate, although, you know, there are a couple like Lederach and of course Lint is is there. Um, but my love is with cheese and slices of pear or apple or figs and you just go for a picnic and have a phenomenal spread of charcuterie type items and chocolate can sure be one of them. Um I have to say the natural, I can't emphasize the natural beauty enough. It's certainly a mountain and lake type place. Of course, it's landlocked, so you're not getting the the sea, um, but the lakes are stunning. Um, there's Briensesee, which is beautiful. I spent a birthday there. The water is stunning, interlock, and like there's so many different lakes um, and each canton, which is like a state, but of course, driving side, you know, from one side of Switzerland to the other is like hours, not days, like in Canada. So, you know, you can really traverse a lot of the country. They've got a great train system and one train that um, is like a tour that you can do if you want to see the mountains and it's got nice viewing cabins and things you can really see as you go through the mountains. So um, no question, if you go, everyone does kind of the Alps and things, but I would really recommend, you know, spend some days in Zurich to get a sense of the German culture, go and see Bern or Geneva and get a sense of the French culture, head down into Ticino and go to Bellinzona. If you have time to go into Como and head into Italy for a little while, I mean, great, right? Get a taste of Italy and head back into Switzerland. But um, Ticino is this kind of untapped beauty of Swiss and Italian culture mixing. And it's a fascinating place and people kind of miss it often because they just kind of get stuck at the Alps. But if you go past the Alps, you've got this kind of Swiss Italian mix that's unique and fascinating. And you can head over into Como, as I said, and go into Italy if you like. But uh, Ticino as a as a place is definitely worthwhile to to check out. And I think a lot of people miss it because they sort of stick to the Alps and North. So something to consider if you're heading on, on some, if you have a couple days extra or you have some extra time you can dedicate to, to really see that part of, of Switzerland. And I would say, you know, be prepared. Like it's in terms of culture, right? It's not the same open, lively culture in many ways as Brazil, but same time, if you're in a ski lodge and you see, um, locals who will play instruments and sing, uh, it's, you do get a sense of the absolute energy and charm of the place. It's just a different feeling. And I think if you've been to Germany, you'll understand somewhat the, the culture, but it's got its unique flair for sure. And I think I credit that a lot to the, the fact that there's so many different hills and valleys, mountains and valleys. And so all the unique regions that exist because they're peppered throughout these valleys, they just have such unique charm, all of them. And so you can be in a French speaking small mountain town and then head to an Italian one and then go to one that's German speaking and you'll get just a different sense. So if you have the opportunity to check out the different parts, the different old towns are stunning. You've got Basel, Bern, um, as I said, Geneva, you can check out Zurich, um, and I would get in trouble if I didn't say you must go to St. Gallen. That is, uh, 
on the eastern part. Uh, interesting there is probably if you if you head into where Lake Constance is, you can go into Germany through there. So there's the opportunity if you're you know wanting to take trains or kind of go on the road and head into Germany or Austria, they border up there. So you can be quickly into Austria or Germany from that part of Switzerland. So lots to do, of course, like all of Europe, you know, it's so interesting that you can grab a train or get in the car, drive a few hours and just be in a completely different culture um, and, and country. <laughs> um, so, you know, the world really is at your fingertips. Europe is at your fingertips when you're in Switzerland because it's so centrally located. So Highly recommended. Hope you enjoyed my personal tales <laughs> and um, we'll head into, let's see what episode is next. We'll see maybe the US or Thailand. Perhaps we'll go to Indonesia. Uh, although I touched upon Bali today, didn't I? Uh, but let's see where we head next. Hope to see you then. And please take good care until we meet again. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.